What's good, college football fans? It's MJ Newsom back here with your conference championship of the 2021 season in review. Let's get right to it with the top talk. I'm sure all you guys saw on Sunday morning slash afternoon, Bama, Michigan, UGA, <clears throat> and Cincinnati in the college football playoff. No surprise there from the results we saw from this weekend. Bama with a dominating performance over Georgia, but obviously Georgia has been the strongest team of the season up to this point, still within the three spot. Michigan a dominating 42-3 win over Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. Then Cincinnati capping off an undefeated 13-0 regular season, beating Houston 35-20 in the American Athletic Championship game. We'll get to more of that here in a second. <clears throat> See some head coaches go different places. Um, a lot of new head coaching changes. Most recently, Mario Cristobal accepted the Miami position this morning. A lot of speculation from that yesterday. Brent Venables yesterday named the Oklahoma head coach. We saw Marcus Freeman heading to Notre Dame. I say heading to Notre Dame, taking the position of Notre Dame. He's the defensive coordinator there. Um, And then Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU. And we saw Baylor with a dramatic finish against Oklahoma State, man. If you missed that game, you missed a really, really good one. Um, Baylor had a big-time lead, 21-6 at half, ended up winning 21-16. Dramatic finish at the end. Oklahoma State, you know, fourth and goal from the one. Baylor had another goal line stand earlier. Took it to the outside. Great hustle play from the defender of Baylor. Knocking him out of bounds like the inch yard line. Fantastic. The Bears winning the Big 12 championship. Dave Aranda, fantastic job he's done in his two seasons at Baylor, already getting a Big 12 championship. And on that, let's go to the biggest disappointment of the week. <clears throat> and to me, it's Spencer Sanders. Um, I don't want to dog on him too much. He's had a really solid season up to this point, but. You know, clutch players got to come through clutch in clutch situations. It's a lot of clutches there. But we look at Spencer Sanders and just not not clutch, man. Four interceptions against Baylor. It's not going to get the job done. You had a big kind of come-from-behind win in Bedlam a week before against Oklahoma. Um, and then Spencer Sanders in this game, 31 of 46, 257 yards, four picks. That's not going to get the job done. Um, really, really costly interceptions throughout the game. One was a pick six. Um, Baylor capitalizing off of those turnovers, as I said, winning this game 21-16. Spencer Sanders, biggest disappointment of the week. So let's real quick look at the playoffs real quick. I'm going to go more in depth of this before we get to that time. I'll have another podcast really just talking about the playoff games. Let's look at our matchup so far. Number one, Alabama versus number four, Cincinnati. We're going to look at two really, really good offenses in my opinion. Uh, you got Bryce Young. Basically the Heisman winner at this point. I think he's no doubt going to be hoisting that trophy on Saturday in New York City. Um, And you look at Desmond Ritter, uh, fantastic quarterback from Cincinnati. Both got weapons on the outside. Um, We've seen Jamison Williams have a really good season for Alabama. I think John Mechie will likely be out. Um, Had that injury sustained against Georgia. Looks like a knee injury. Nothing up to date so far. I'm on this. You know, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati had a really solid season so far. Eight touchdowns. Um, for him, 867 receiving yards. And then Jerome Ford, the former Alabama running back, uh, doing a fantastic job at Cincinnati in the last few seasons. He's got 1,200 yards this season to go along with 19 touchdowns. It's going to be a really, really good offensive game. It's going to depend on you know what defense can step up and make big stops. We look at Michigan and UGA. It's a totally different ball game. In my opinion, two of the better defenses in the country. Um, you got players like Jordan Davis um, for Georgia. Um, you know, really, really solid on the defensive side. And you look at Aiden Hutchinson. Michigan. Um, just really, really good defenses there. Obviously, Georgia, the best defensive uh, performance so far this year. 
best statistics so far, giving up 9.6 points per game uh, after the Alabama game when they hung 41 on them. Uh, before that, it was like 6.6. Um, so you're looking at two really good defenses, two really good front sevens. Uh, running the ball is going to be tough in that game, which both teams are very run heavy. So, you know, it's going to be Setson Bennett or JT Daniels on the Georgia side, really going to need to, you know, trust his receivers, put the ball in the air. Um, you know, George Pickens came back for Georgia in the SEC championship game. You know, key in on him is a big-time factor in this one. Um, you know, could be huge for him uh, and for Georgia for him to have a big game. You look at Brock Bowers, um, McConkie, and the slot. And you look at Michigan, obviously. Um, not too many elite receivers, um, but in my eyes, you know, Cade McNamara is going to have to step up and figure – figure some things out but Michigan's done it really well all season so far I mean Hassan Haskins Blake Corum um, big time running backs both guys can receive the ball very well too so we'll have to see sort of what goes into that game so now let's talk more about this coaching change stuff I want to talk about sort of how in my opinion a lot of these were not handled the right way um, you look at the Notre Dame situation first uh, Brian Kelly obviously you know, I don't want to fault him too much. It's t- a tough position he's in. The LSU job comes up, and that's a big-time job. I mean, Notre Dame's a big job as well, but LSU, I mean, that's, that's a big job. Um, obviously, Brian Kelly had to go meet with the LSU athletic director and the rest of the boosters and the staff. Um, this was Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. Um, went down there, accepted the position. I held a team meeting on Monday morning at 7 a.m. for the players uh, the only problem is Brian Kelly decided on the way back to go ahead and change his Twitter bio to you know, new coach or LSU head coach um, before informing the team, which I think is just not the right way to do it. Um, you got to owe your players some respect in that, you know, that aspect. Um, you know, I, I think that the players should have found out first from the coach. I know it's a tough situation and traveling and all that stuff, but – the way he handled it wasn't great. And the team meeting on set on Monday morning lasted all but four minutes um, from the videos I've seen. Um, shout out to my friend Jude Cleary, big Notre Dame fan. Um, I know he's happy with the Marcus Freeman hire, but I know he's also disappointed with the way that things were handled by Brian Kelly. Um, not not a big fan of the way he did it. Um, I get it's a tough situation, but you gotta gotta have some sense and you can't be putting stuff out on social media before you inform your players that's just disrespectful to your players in my opinion um but what's done is done marcus freeman i'm super excited for him that he got the job i know the notre dame players are absolutely pumped saw a video of him getting introduced in the locker room as the new head coach players were rallying around him going crazy so i'm excited to see what he can do you know marcus freeman's a young young guy 35 years old um he's done a heck of a job so far as the dc at notre dame um tommy reese keeping the offensive coordinator um, so big-time stuff for Notre Dame. I'm very excited to see sort of what the future holds for him and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We also look at the Mario Cristobal situation. Obviously, as I said earlier, Cristobal accepted the position at Miami, his alma mater, um, I guess this morning. Um, but there's a lot of speculation surrounding that he would leave um, to go to Miami. Uh, obviously, Miami got a new athletic director, and the athletic director, in my opinion, just handled this in the worst possible way. You know, Manny Diaz is the head coach. Um, there's no, I mean, you know, I didn't think he had done the best job. Um, I thought he might be on the hot seat. Um, but basically the AD basically came in and said, look, I'm going after Mario Cristobal. If he accepts the position, you're gone. If not, you're here. Um, and that's just disrespectful to Manny Diaz and his family um, and the Miami players. I mean, you know, got to know the players, all players, you know, have some attachment to their coach, whether they love him or not. I'm not really sure how that attachment is with Manny Diaz 
and his Miami players. But, I mean, for you to announce that on Sunday before Cristobal's accepted the position and have Manny Diaz basically just waiting to see what Cristobal does to know the fate of his job, I just I don't agree with that. Um, I think if you really wanted to get rid of him like that, you just get in and fire him. Um, you don't make him wait for someone else to make a decision. Um, and I also think with Mario Cristobal, obviously another tough situation. Tough to see how you handle that. Um, but I know he was out recruiting last night with Oregon, visiting players' homes. But if you're, if you're going to accept the Miami position, you just got to go ahead and, and do it. You can't really be lying to recruits like that, you know, come play for me at Oregon, and but tomorrow I won't be here. So it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, I don't like the way that the Miami athletic director handled it. Um, Cristobal could have done maybe a little bit better of a job. I know he's in a tough bind there. Um, you know, just I'm not a fan of the way that some of these coaching jobs and coaching changes were handled. But let's stick on the Oregon topic. So obviously Oregon's going to be a big job that's open. We've, we've seen a lot of big jobs open up. And because big jobs are opening up, it's a complete domino effect. One big job opens up, another big job opens up. Um, so let's look at the replacement candidates for Oregon. And I think you've got to be real. Top candidate, no-brainer, is Chip Kelly. Um, Chip Kelly has not had the most success at UCLA, uh, but he was 46-7 and in his time at Oregon. Three Pac-12 titles, uh, conference, excuse me, and a national runner-up in 2010, losing to Auburn on that last-second field goal, 22-19. Um, but, you know, I think Chip Kelly, he thrived at Oregon. He thrives in that culture. Um, and I think he's a, you know, got to be the top choice um, for the Oregon Ducks. And I know then if he, that comes open, then UCLA comes open. That's another big job. Yeah, so we'll have to just kind of see where that goes. The other candidates I want to mention, too, Kalani Satake at BYU. He has done a fantastic job since taking over for Bronco Mendenhall, who recently just stepped down at Virginia, decided to retire. That's another decently big job. I mean, you see all these big jobs opening up. Uh, but Kalani Satake is, you know, fantastic coach. You can tell the players love him. Um, he's a very energetic coach. Um, someone I would love to play for if I played football. So you, and, you know, he knows the area. He's from that area. Um, West Coast boy. you got to believe that he's a big-time replacement, um, a big-time candidate at Oregon. Other guys you got to look at, Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Um, you know, I know there's been a lot of speculation that he's going to take the USC job, the LSU job, you know, whatever job it might be. Um, but I think Oregon's a good shot for him. Um, I think Matt Campbell, you know, I've said it so many times, I am a huge Matt Campbell fan. Um, Another guy who's just a total players coach. Um, You know how much he loves his players. If you saw the video of him on senior day, giving every player a hug and a kiss, you could tell he was emotional. Um, He really, really cares about his players and really cares about his program. Um, But the the tremendous job he's done at Iowa State is just unbelievable to me. You know, Iowa State was at best a two-win team when he got there. And in five years, he turned him into a playoff contending team. I know they went, you know, six and six this year. You know, wasn't the greatest performance. Um, but, I mean, last year they won the Fiesta Bowl. Um, they've contended in the Big 12 for the last few years. Um, the, the job Matt Campbell has done is just incredible. The last candidate that kind of comes to my mind, Dave Aranda from Baylor. Um, I think Aranda's pretty committed to Baylor right now. I know they're working on a new deal. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I think Dave Aranda's just – a great coach. He's from LA, um, knows the West Coast well. Um, wouldn't shock me if Oregon went after him. I'm sure they will. Um, but I expect Dave Aranda to stay at Baylor. Um, so, four, you know, really good options, I think, for Oregon, if you ask me. So, let's go on to the bowl prediction of the week. And it's going to be back to Brian Kelly. 
Um, my bold prediction is that Brian Kelly is going to flame out at LSU. And I don't want to throw any shade on Brian Kelly, but I, d- I just don't exactly think it's the best hire for LSU. Uh, he's, he's performed well, but he can't perform well in the big games. I mean, the only big game I can remember him winning is last year against Clemson at home without Trevor Lawrence. Um, I, I just I don't I don't really know how to word this, but I don't, I don't really believe much in Brian Kelly. I don't think he's as good of a coach as people think he is. Um, I worry about him coaching in the big games. I worry about him being just an enforcer. Um, and coaching in an SEC is a whole different ballgame than coaching in Notre Dame. And you got to compete with Bama, A and M, Auburn. I mean, Ole Miss. I mean, these teams aren't aren't playing around. Florida every year. LSU's, you know, Florida uh, cross rival. Um, that's just hard. That's tough. And I mean, if you're not ready for that, you're not making it. I mean, we see that a lot of times with coaches who try to coach on the big stage. I mean, you know, Dan Mullen went from Mississippi State to Florida, and in my opinion, I'm not a huge fan of the Dan Mullen firing. I think there had to have been something else going on inside that locker room, inside the program that we don't know about because Dan Mullen took his team to the SEC Championship last year. Florida's been one of the best teams in the SEC East since he's gotten there. Um, so I think something else is going on, the reason he got fired. You know, not to mention Billy Napier from Louisiana taking that job. I know he just won a uh, Sun Belt Championship, so incredible job for Billy Napier there. I'm excited to see what he has to do at Florida. But you know, just back to this whole idea of Brian Kelly, I just – I don't know, I worry a little bit. Um – but we'll see. I just don't think he's going to do a great job at LSU, but I could be wrong. So let's finish up with the awards. Team of the week, Cincinnati. You know, a lot of people are going to wonder why. You know, Cincinnati's dominated all year, 13-0. and But to me, this game against Houston was a total trap game. I predicted Houston to win this game. That was my bold prediction last week. Um, and Cincinnati, I mean, had everything to lose. Could have had, you know, has the chance to be the first group of five team to make it to the playoff. You know, an undefeated season you know, hanging in the balance. And they stepped up to the plate, especially in the second half, and just played great. You know, 14-13 game at half, people were wondering, as myself, you know, is Cincinnati going to hang on? Are they going to lose this game? Are they going to choke? Came out second half, scored three quick touchdowns. Um, I'm very impressed with the way that Cincinnati has played this year, overcome some adversity. And they've played some games with some teams have played them better than they thought. Um, but they found a way to win each time, and that's that's a big credit to Luke Fickle and his staff and the Cincinnati players. Um, I'm a big fan of Luke Fickle's. Um, I would like to see him go somewhere else, but I can tell he's committed to Cincinnati, and I, I respect that. Um, they'll be in the Big 12 in a few years, um, you know. So I'm excited to see sort of what direction Cincinnati goes in, and you know, I'm very you know excited for them to be in the playoff for the first time for a Group of Five team. Player of the week, Mr. Heisman, and to me, it's Bryce Young. Um, going against a Georgia defense that, you know, is known to be the best defense in the country and hanging 41 points on them. Um, and Bryce Young, every time this year, he's overcome adversity and stepped up to the plate and played just incredible. Look at last week against Auburn. Um, didn't, have a great, didn't have a great game uh, for the first 58 minutes. Um, offensive line, you know, been shifting around for Bama. Auburn did a fantastic job of bringing pressure, keeping him moving around. Got to him seven times um, for sacks. And then, you know, ended up completing a 98-yard drive. Ja'Cory Brooks with a touchdown, ended up winning in overtime. But then look at Bryce Young this week, you know, 26 of 44, maybe not the greatest completion numbers, 421 yards and three touchdowns. Um, he just – he played incredible to me. Um, and he is the catalyst for this Alabama team's success. 
Um, and I, I think as long as he continues to play well, I think Bama continues to play well. Even with some injuries, you know, people banged up, John Mechie, um, you know, I, I'm excited to see sort of this playoff and how Bryce Young, you know, competes after winning the Heisman, which I think he will. So that is it for this conference championship in review podcast. Like I said, I'll have another podcast before the playoff games begin, probably a few days before. Talk, you know, ins and outs, keys to the game, you know, what I think will happen. Um, and then we'll wrap up the season, you know, after the national championship. We might have a national championship preview podcast. I'll get to you guys about that later. Uh, but man, we are, you know, just a little over a month away from the season being over. Um, incredible how fast the season's flown by just one of the wackiest seasons so far that i can remember but it's been really entertaining to watch because of the uncertainty and i think you know all college football fans love the chaos um me being one of them so it's been a lot of fun to watch so i will see you guys back for a playoff preview um i'll let you guys know further on that date and i'll see you guys next time thank you guys for listening in